This morning, I'm going to be ministering to you on the message I titled, Faith is the Wisdom of God. Faith is the Wisdom of God. This is home for me. My desire for you is what I desire for people in California. I have prayed that your life will never remain the same after this service. I just want you to be on board with me. There have been many testimonies out of our ministry when I minister through prophetic declarations that I say something, somebody hold it, and it becomes a testimony. I will be saying many things this morning and tonight that will change your life forever. In Jesus' precious name. So if you are here this morning, you have some situations, some challenges, and some of them you may have given up on them. Bring them back to focus. Because God is about to do what man says cannot be done in your life. In the name of Jesus. Whatever they have said cannot be done. Whatever doctor says cannot be done. We, our ministry is driven, and that's from our stream. Our ministry is driven by testimonies. We've had many numbers of people healed of cancer. We've had many people healed of heart diseases. We've had many people healed of all sorts of things. Now, we're talking about this book. We have, we've had people healed of emotional problems. And if you are here this morning, you have struggles in your mind. Something is going on in your mind. There is a struggle in your mind. That falls under emotional problems. In the precious name of Jesus, not the same you that came will leave this service. I wasn't um, open or looking forward to writing a book. But sometimes last year, the Lord began to speak to me about the spirit of fear, and I thought all I needed to do was to teach it at church. So I taught on this for a couple of weeks, overcoming the spirit of fear. But the more I taught it, the deeper I go in it, until I found out the Lord would want me to write a book on it. And one of the things the Lord said to me, he said, many people will go to their grave with their fears. Many people are living under the oppression of the spirit of fear. The Holy Spirit said to me, every mind sickness, panic attack, depression, anxiety, name it, they are offspring, they come from the spirit of fear. And that is why the Bible says, for God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of, of sound mind. Every spirit of the mind is something wrong with the sound mind. So he said, God has not given me the spirit of fear. So they all begin with the spirit of fear. Fear can make somebody live a short life. Fear can keep somebody in poverty forever. Fear will rob someone of his destiny if you don't overcome it. It's within. The Lord said to me, many people are in prison within themselves. So that's why I wrote that book. I didn't write it for profiting. That is the truth. I've, this is the top place I've taken this book since I wrote it. I opened it in June. All those, the two previous places, one was in July, one was in October, I have not asked them how much, how much copies, how many copies they sold. I have not asked them for the proceed. So that wasn't my reason. I just want to do the will of God. I know that the content of that book will set you free from whatever fear holding you captive. In Jesus' precious name. Uh, one of my daughters in the church, she's a therapist. We compare notes. She came to me one time. She said, Dad, she said, everything they are teaching us to become a therapy, therapist, 
He said, they are just not saying it is from the scripture. He said, everything is Bible-based. He said, therapists don't add anything new to you. Therapists only want you to see the treasure of God within you and you activate it. So that's all therapists do. She's a therapist. So I got some of her books. I found out now not to discredit that profession. They're doing a great job, but they don't heal permanently. This girl is 26 years old. She has a patient that, is, that has been seen a therapist for 30 years. So the patient that's been a 30, a, seen a therapist before she was born and still haven't been healed. Permanent healing is in the word of the Lord. In the precious name of Jesus, if you are here this morning, you have challenges and conflict in your mind. Receive your healing in the name of Jesus. So shall it be. Faith is the wisdom of God. That is the title of this message. This church is a faith church. It takes faith to see this kind of church. I wasn't around when this building was built, but I know faith built it. Is somebody hearing me? It takes faith to take anything from the Lord. It takes faith to receive from God. It takes faith for anything to walk in this kingdom. The life that we live, the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. So every Christian out of faith is out of place. The Bible says, like a bird that wanders out of his nest, so is a man that wanders out of his place. When Christians don't live the faith life, you are out of your comfort zone. You are cut off from heavenly supply. The Bible says, it takes faith. He said, by faith, God is pleased. So when God is pleased, then God meets our needs both spiritual, physical, emotional. So faith is not just what we know. Faith is what we must do. Now, I'm going somewhere. So everything in in Christianity takes faith. Praise the Lord. So what is faith? Faith is not what you believe. Faith begins by your belief in the word of God. Faith is not believing what God can do. Now, that is information. You know what God can do. That's not enough to qualify for faith. Faith is doing. Faith is living by what you know from scripture. Faith is active. Faith is doing something. Everything you know in the Bible that you don't do does not qualify for faith. Praise the Lord. Faith is the word of God when it becomes the action that you do. Is somebody hearing me? So faith is not knowing. It's not having a lot of notes that you won't apply. It's only faith when it becomes what you do on the daily basis. And I'm going to share a couple of testimonies of exploit of faith this morning. Praise the Lord. So that is why faith is the wisdom of God. It's not the wisdom of man. Faith does not agree with man's wisdom. One of the bizarre things I found out about faith, I call it bizarre if we don't understand it, but it's a revelation when we know it, is that the Bible says, believe 
that you have what you don't have. Praise the Lord. Believe, how can you believe what you don't see? But that is faith. So that's why faith is the wisdom of God. It's not the wisdom of man. Praise the Lord. Is somebody hearing me? Faith is seeing ourselves, seeing the picture of our lives from the pages of scriptures. Faith is looking at what the Bible says and see this as your life. Faith will do the impossible. Faith will make the impossible happen. Faith will do some things unless you are there, you will doubt it. That's why it is the wisdom of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, we're looking at Bethel 2.0, which to me means, means a change of level. When we're talking about Bethel 2.0, let me help you this morning. It's not talking about this building or this campus. It's talking about you and I. So it is you and I 2.0. So in other words, you are about to change levels. And in the name of Jesus, your levels will start changing from this morning. So better 2.0 is not the signpost on the street. It's not this campus. It is you and I because you and I are the church. But when we change levels, this campus changes level. Praise the Lord. Now, change of levels simply means a new level of faith. Where you are now is the level of your faith. So to change levels, your faith will have to change levels. Is somebody hearing me? Now, moving from glory to glory is moving from faith to faith. So the higher your faith, the higher your levels. Is somebody hearing me? So the stronger your faith, the higher the level of glory that you command. So from levels to levels, level to level is a product of faith to faith. So faith is not just saying what God says. Faith is living what God says. Faith is making it a lifestyle. There is no one in this campus, in this sanctuary this morning, that you are sick in your body. If you believe God to be healed, you are not going home with that sickness. In the name of Jesus. But how do you believe? You are beginning to stand and beginning to do what you couldn't do before you came in. You know within yourself that this sickness is not going home with you. Faith is not believing the doctor's report. Faith is using the word of God to extinguish the doctor's report. In the year 2006, I had the most medical challenge of my life. Our church just started 2005. No, late 2005 it started. I just went to see a doctor because I was having some headache. And this headache wouldn't stop. I'm not talking about what consistent headache for days, days turns into week. Then after some time, I, wouldn't, I was not able to sleep. Wouldn't sleep at all. Not that I didn't sleep well. I didn't sleep at all for days. All kinds of MRI, all kinds of bone density, all kinds of tests, if I remember all of them. There were some I did early in the, late in the night, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of things, people of God. There was a time they gave me all kinds of shots, all kinds of medicine, nothing worked. They said, well, we're going to have to do this thing. Because they said, I should come for a shot. And I didn't know what they meant. I, I got there. They said, who brought you? I said, I brought myself. They said, no. Didn't you read the instruction? I said, I didn't read it. <laughs> they said, 
somebody need, needs to bring you, the individual needs to sign a paper, you can't drive, because if we give you this shot without somebody signing up for you, you could go here and sue us millions of dollars. I said, why? Because this is going to knock you off. It's narcotics. They brought a chair, they asked me. So I said, I didn't bring anybody. I brought myself. So they said, well, you need, we need somebody. I called around. My wife was at work. I called some. I got one of our daughters in the church. She came. So we met. She came. They photocopied our driver's license. She signed. They put me on a chair. They have everything. They said, they're going to wheel me when I woke up because a whole day, I would never recover from sleeping. I sat on the chair. They put this shot in my spine or something. After they did, they, look, they held me. They looked at me. Then I stood up. They said, sit down, sit down. It's going to kick in. Then I stood up. I said, nothing. I'm okay. The headache was still there. They watched in amazement as I walk. When I got to the elevator, it was on the second floor. The elevator wasn't coming on time. I went through the stairs. They all followed me to the car. They were shocked that the medicine didn't work. Headache did not stop. It was a Friday afternoon. No, in the morning, around 11. I got home. Nobody was home. I had this pile of medicines. Couple, one, they said, you're going to take forever. One, you're going to take for five years. This one, you always have it. The least was 800 milligram of ibuprofen. That's the least. Then I went into the kids' bathroom because my kids' bathroom was like in the hallway close to my home office. I sat on the toilet, covered the toilet, sat on it, looked at the bag of medicine. Then I stood, I opened it. I said, if God can heal, if faith in God can deliver, today is the last day that I'm going to take any of this medicine. I opened the toilet. I poured them all in. After I did, I flushed. It didn't go because it was too much. <laughs> I dipped my hand in them, took them out, began to put them like five by five, two by two, started flushing, and I flushed it all. While I was doing this, the devil began to tell me all kinds of things. This was Friday. It's over the weekend. Uh, ambulance is going to come and get you. Your doctors cannot be rich on weekend. All kinds of things. I said, shut up the enemy. People of God, that is the end of that affliction. That is the end of faith. So what is faith? The doing. The doing. The doing. Until you throw away the medication, the power of faith will not kick in. So faith is what you do. With what you know from scripture. Faith is living practically the word of God. Faith is not quoting what the Bible says. It's good to quote what the Bible says. Faith is doing what you quote. Praise the Lord. Faith is not a religious theory. Faith is not a principle. Faith is the wisdom of God. Faith is God's wisdom. Faith is not now. The reason why we have challenges with faith because we, faith, we think faith is all we believe. No, that's information. Faith is God's wisdom. In other words, it won't make sense. If you apply sense to faith, it won't work. Let me share one testimony with you, which I shared with Pastor yesterday. Of course, we've talked about it over the phone. We, June was our better uh, gathering in our church. And Pastor, Pastor Stephanie, and uh, uh, Michael Avery and his wife Jennifer, they were with us. Pastor Ken was there. Now, by the time Bethel ended in June, this church, our church, we had less than $20,000 in our account. Because in April, we just finished a remodeling that took a little over 100000 from us of one campus. Now, but before June, we had entered into escrow to buy a school campus. Closing was at the middle of August. Surely a, week, a couple of days before Bethel started, the devil reminded me 
that in about six weeks, you will need a million and 95,000 to close escrow. And we had less than 20,000. By the time I said to myself, I said, I'm going to enjoy better. I will not worry about this money. We will deal with it when Bethel is over. And we had great time at Bethel. A day after Bethel, I traveled. I was in Houston, the whole of the week ministering. Second week in July, then I came back home. We started looking into I announced to the church, we want to buy this school campus now. At the beginning, let me tell you, we didn't have a campus, a school in our vision, in our idea. Now, it's in our constitutional bylaws somewhere, but for this year, we weren't thinking about it. We weren't looking for a building to rent, to lease for two, 3,000 square foot to start a campus, a church in that place. We found this place. It's a long story. Anyway, they told us this place now is available for sale, the entire campus. Then I said, can we make an offer? They said, yes, we made an offer. 2.8 million. They accepted. <laughs> thank you, my, thank you, my brother. <laughs> now the bank said you need a million ninety-five to close. We're supposed to be closing August fifteenth or sixteenth, somewhere in the middle of August. Now this is second week of July. We had less than twenty thousand. I announced to the whole church. Everybody started giving. We don't do fundraising in our church. I don't think it's scriptural. I don't think so. We've never done it. And we are grateful to God that we have some properties in California. Now, we started, everybody started giving. Everybody started giving. This is the testimony. By the 15th, 16th, of August, I held in my hand a cashier check for a million and ninety-five thousand. We went ahead to close on these properties. Now we own it. We've started. Now we figure out we could have a church inside the school because the campus came with seven buildings. So now we started the church two weeks ago. And with one of the buildings, now we're working with the state to start the school, to get the school running. So the school is about to start. It's a full Christian elementary school in California. Full Christian Bible school. I said to them, we are not pretending to be Christian. We are going to teach the Bible. We will not hire teachers that are not saved. There will be no unbeliever on our payroll. We are going to file an affidavit with the state of California that we are a Christian school. This school will be run by our believing God. When a child comes out, out of that school, there is no doubt if that child is saved. No, that child will be a firebrand, born-again believer. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. But may I tell you how it happened? Faith. So what is faith? Faith is to believe the unbelievable. How do you have 20,000 and you, are, you have a project that you will need a million and 95 and you still believe it? That is faith. Praise the Lord. That is God's wisdom. That is not, so you cannot accommodate God's wisdom with natural senses. Faith is doing what the Bible says. About three days to the end of it, we were 159,000 something short. I came to church on a Thursday, I announced, we, have one, we are $159,000 short. And we have a couple of days, it was a Thursday, we needed to bring out the check on Monday. One lady came with my wife to my office. And she said, Pastor, 
the money you are looking for is in my account. The money you are looking for is in my account. Thursday night. I don't have my check here, but I'll bring it tomorrow morning. The next day she brought a check. She didn't even put the amount. She asked, Pastor, is it 160 you need or more? That's why I didn't put the amount. I said, well, just 160. We cashed the check. We bought the campus. Faith. I am here to challenge you for a change of levels. Because your life must never remain the same. One of my sons in the church is in escrow for his home. Put, down, put together his down payment. He was going to buy a building, his house, for about two million. You know, this is California. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He was going to buy a house for about two million. He's, he was scheduled to close on his home on Wednesday. Church was scheduled to close on a home on Monday. She came to me. She said, he came to me and said, Dad, he said, how much are we done with the business? I said, no, we are just very close. He dipped his hand in his down payment and wrote a check of 80000 to the church. So I said, how will you close? He said, between Monday and Wednesday is enough time for God to move in my finances. He has moved now into that house about two weeks ago. Now, only to find out, he bought a custom-built home built by the builder, only to find out that the builder, for whatever reason we don't know, gave him a discount of $450,000. The house will sell for two point five. Now, his neighbor, the same house, let's upgrade. The same house, let's upgrade for 2.5. His own with maximum upgrade. They ran the papers, they ran the numbers, they sold for 2 million and 50. Faith is doing what the word of God says to do. Listen, church, I feel at home. I'm part of this family. Your finances will not change if you are not faithful in your tithing. Tithing is not man's wisdom. Don't listen to some unbelieving radio talk shows. Those ones don't know the Bibles. I understand when they don't know because they are not believers. But you are a Christian. You believe in the Bible. There is nothing in the Bible that makes sense, people of God. So when it comes to financial prosperity, it only answers to your faith. What is faith? Somebody said the money is not enough. Faith makes you faithful, even when it's not enough. I've been in this country, it's going to be 20 years in January. The first month, my first month in America, we didn't have our rent. It was 900. My wife has been here a year before me. So when I came, there was no money to pay the rent. So I asked her, what's the rule? What's the law in America? When will they send us out? Because we, couldn't, we can't pay. She said, we have one week. After one week, but we're going to pay $70 for late payment or something. I said, so we have a whole week. She said, yes. Seven days? I said, yes. God created the universe in six days. I said, we have more than enough to pay the rent. Now, I've met with the manager, and I'll see the manager, you look at me. Oh, Mr. Habugan, your rent? I said, we have seven days. Don't stress my life. Seven days. Seven days. Seventy dollars. Seven days. You look at me, I'm wondering. I said, more than enough. Let me tell you what we did. We had about $300 out of 800 I called my wife. I said, you know what we're going to do? 
I said, everything we've learned about faith in Africa, we're going to use it in America. That $300, we sent it to a church as a seed. So now we didn't have anything. Now, my wife's income at that time was uh, $320 a week. She had one small job she was doing. So another Friday, we're expecting another $320. I started looking at the account from Thursday night. Expecting the 320. Now seven days is about to expire. Is somebody hearing me? Yes. At 2.10 a.m., there was a deposit in the account. It was 4,800. So I woke up my wife. <laughs> I said, 4,800 in the account. Where did it come from? She said, I don't know. He said, are you sure? I said, yes. I gave her the phone. I said, you know, those days, you can assess your account on the phone like we have these days. So you call the number, you put the account number on the phone, then he tells you. Then I gave her the phone. I said, call them. She said, why can't we wait till the morning? I said, no, we need to, I need to know now. <laughs> she called them. He said, 4,800. I said, ask them if we can start spending the money. Then she said, nobody is there. It's a machine. <laughs> so those days, we have to wait till the morning. Early in the morning, we called the bank. 4,800 is in this account. Where did it come from? They said, we will know on Monday. It's an electronic deposit. I said, can we spend it? <laughs> they said, yes. I took the ATM card. I went to the machine. I, put, I, I entered $500 because I, to be sure, it will come out. <laughs> and uh, I had $500 cash in my hand. First of all, 500 was more than the payroll. So it was 300, I could think, was still the payroll. But now 500, 200 above the payroll. 500, we went to Walmart. We bought the first microwave. We bought the first vacuum cleaner. Before that time, I'd use my hand to clean the carpet, to pick dirt on the carpet. It's not where you are now that is the problem. Now, put your eyes on where you are going. And you can only get there by the word of the Lord. What the Bible says is who you are, not your situation. What the Bible says is your future, not your circumstance. The Bible says, why we look not at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. For that which we see are temporal, but the ones we don't see, they are eternal. The only thing that will last is what you see about your future from scripture. The same year, 2000, somebody came to me and said, and is a pastor, so... She said, you are new in America. It's expensive to send children to college here. So we have to start saving now. Those days, my oldest was five-year-old. Next one, three-year-old. Another one, 18-year-old. 18 months. It's expensive to go to college in America, we need to save. They call it college saving and brought some forms. Guess what I said? First of all, I didn't have enough now. I'll be saving from what is not enough. Then second of all, I said, by the time they are ready for college, I'll be so blessed that I wouldn't need a savings to send them to college. Faith is seen into the future. Faith is moving by what you see. Let me say, the just shall live by faith, by the word of God. For we walk by faith, not by sight, not from the realms of the senses. You are not poor because of the state of your account. You are poor because there is no revelation of scripture in your mind. So I never saw myself as being poor. I told them, I said, I don't need this form, take it. By the time my children are of college age, I won't be poor. With all glory to God and humility to God, three are in college now, 
Two of them are, are in most of the most, some of the most expensive college in America. We don't qualify for financial aid because we have too much money. Amen. There is not one dollar of the government in their education based on what the Lord has done. Church, please, I love you with all of my heart. Your situation can change financially. Yes. The blessing of God can come over your life. What you don't have today means nothing. I'm trying to show you from God's word what you can have tomorrow. From not being able to pay a rent... Now, to prosperity. Not one dime of the church money is in my account. This is my assistant. He draws everything for me. He was, take, he was taking my clothes to dry cleaner one day, recently. And he had touch card. There was a time he had a card linked to me, my card in his hand. He would use it for everything that I do. But now that card, I think it, it, it expired and we haven't renewed it. But he had a church card on him. I said, don't spend that card on my dry cleaning. It's church card. It's church account. Church doesn't buy me a cloth. Is somebody hearing me? So where you are is not a problem. That's why Jesus died. To give you and I a future. Praise the Lord. Let's look at what the Bible says. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24, the Bible says, Therefore, whoever hears this saying of mine and does them. Matthew 7, chapter 20, verse 24 to 28. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house. It did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like, will be like a foolish man who beat his house on the sand. And the rain descended and floods came. The winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now, Jesus says, when you do what I say, you are wise. When you don't do what I say, you are foolish. That's what the Bible says. So, it is not to reason it out, to explain it out. It didn't make sense. We had rent in 2000. We had 300 that wasn't enough for the rent. It didn't make sense to take it to any church. But that's what the Bible says. Only a seed has a future. Whatever you, that you have that is not enough may not be your harvest. It may be a seed. Every seed has a future when it is planted. My prayer is this. You will be empowered this morning not to hit your seed. In Jesus' precious name. It didn't make no sense to do that. We gave our way out of poverty. We gave our way we gave our way. We gave our way. Do you say, bring all your tithes into my house. Prove me now. If I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will not have any room to contain. He said, prove me now. Many of us, we have not proved God to allow him to prove himself in our finances. One dominant grace over my spiritual father, which I've heard about him a lot, is financial prosperity through the kingdom. With all humility to God, there is no ministry anywhere on the planet half that is of that size anywhere with what the Lord is doing right in Africa. And 
God has used him to help me, myself, out of poverty. I was born into a very poor home by very poor parents. None of my parents had any kind of education, not one. They've never been to school. Very poor upbringing. But we're not poor anymore. Doing what the Bible says. Doing what the Bible says. Jesus says, a wise man is the one that hears my saying and does them without asking questions. God is not in need of your money. So, the Bible says, he owns a cattle upon a thousand hills. Silver and gold are his. He said, if I were hungry, I would not ask you. You are unqualified to feed me. So, but I need to test your faith before I commit myself to you. So, to be a faithful titer is to live the lifestyle of faith. Let me say this to you in all humility, and I don't want you to get mad with me. I told you I'm at home, and you all clapped. <laughs> if you are not a faithful tighter, you don't have faith. Do you like that? Because how many of us here wants to prosper? How many of us wants to prosper? You want a lot of blessing from the Lord. You know there is nothing wrong in God blessing you. The Bible, say, the Bible didn't say money is evil. It said the love of money. The love of money. When money begins to drive you, that's what is evil. I, I, I share with you now, and I'm telling you, that's the truth. We have shipped my books to two churches. At their conventions at events. The one in Houston, the one in Maryland, up till now, we have not called them, them to ask them, where is the proceed of the book? Why? Because my mind is not there. I am only interested in testimony. When Michael shared the testimony with me, I was excited. I will remember that, that will remember the money. The money means nothing if it will not be a blessing to somebody. The love of money is evil. Money itself is good. Praise the Lord. Now, we came here yesterday and we flew. Now, if we didn't have enough money, we'll come by Greyhound. We would have left on Monday. <laughs> and by the time you see me this morning, you say this person needs some rest. Because I've been on the road for a week. Then by the grace of God, we're going back tomorrow and we'll be home tomorrow. If we didn't have enough money, we'll leave tomorrow, we arrive on Saturday. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So somebody said money is good. Do you believe that? Yes. Money is good. Jesus had a treasurer at his time of ministry, an earthly ministry. Don't you remember? His treasurer was Judas Iscariot. He was a thief and the ministry was not bankrupt. So Jesus must have a lot of money because the one keeping the money was stealing from it. Praise the Lord. So money itself is good. But God is saying, I can bless you. And I want to bless you. Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, but for your sakes he became poor. So that you and I can become rich. So he died also so that we can be rich. But he needs your faith. Praise the Lord. In the precious name of Jesus, I prophesy that no one under the sound of my voice this morning will leave this service the same way in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So faith is the wisdom of God. Jesus said, if you hear these sayings of mine and you do it, you are a wise man. Faith is not the theory of man. Faith is not psychology. Faith is not a philosophy. Faith is not just a belief. Faith is God's wisdom. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18, 
For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Don't you have friends that think you are foolish because you're tight? Has anybody heard that before? But look at what the Bible says. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. So they are allowed to be foolish because they don't know. One pastor in our church, one lady in our church recently got audited by her arrest. And this woman is a tighter to the last. She would tight. She had one of the greatest testimony of tighter that I know. About three years ago, they are older and they've had challenges in their lives. Before God brought them to church, God began to bless them. They didn't have any house. And in Africa, they live here. They didn't have home in Africa for many years. Many people had given up on them. In Africa, when you have a home, you have a house, a family house, it, it, it's, it brings some kind of fulfillment. At some point, everybody expects you to have one, sort of, right? They didn't have. But these people were deadly titans. In 2016, because I'm privileged to see their records, they gave about 56,000 in total giving in that year to the church. Only the woman is working, the man does not work because she is older. That was their total giving. Now, they have a mortgage that will require about 40,000, 45,000 a year in California. So if you put that together, that's about $100,000, right? They have a car note plus all other bills. Is that right? And she's the only one that works. But that same year was the year they built a home debt-free. Wow. Debt-free. That same year. The numbers, you may not believe what I'm saying because it's unbelievable. I understand that. But that's what happened. Faith is the wisdom of God. So they got audited this year. The IRS agent told them, why are you giving this much to church? This is too much. During the hearings, she said, I can do anything I like with my money. There is no law that stops me from giving this much to church. If you have any other problems, talk about it. But if about what I'm giving to the church, it's my faith. Then she went by said, everything you see that I have is this one that brings it. Faith is foolishness to those that are perishing. When I nearly came to America, people said to me, you said God called you. You said you are a pastor. Over here, we pay bills. We pay bills. You can't dedicate all your life to church. Church, 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 church. God, God, God. You can't do that. They were giving me evil and satanic counsels. Be careful of those that are telling you you are spending too much time at church. Be careful of those that are telling you what is that thing they are saying in your church. Satan sent them. That's the counsel they gave me. But of course, I never listen. Most of those people are still around. They are still alive today. And they have come to say, oh, truly, your God is God. Praise the Lord. For the message of the cross is foolishness. So those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. So you can accommodate faith with human wisdom. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? It is in this world system 
Wisdom is don't give so that you can have more. Don't give. Keep all that you got. Then you take from everyone. But the Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. Yes, the wisdom of the world says don't give nothing. Take everything. But the Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. The Bible says you are more blessed when you give than when you receive. Is somebody hearing me? In Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 15, the Bible says, the poor shall never cease from thy land. The poor will never cease from the land. Therefore, open your hands wide to the needy, to the poor in your land. Poverty, prosperity is a choice that you make. Poverty, prosperity is a choice. How do you choose it? By what you are committed to. You are committed to giving is a choice of prosperity. You are committed to non-giving, you have chosen poverty. Now, church, let me tell you something that I already proved. Open heavens are supplies from heaven that are not tied to your income. Is somebody hearing me? God can use anything to bring a blessing to you. God can do anything to bring money your way. Praise the Lord. Talking about the wisdom of God. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. Now, let me go back to, let me go to verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. So even when you appear to be doing foolish things, for God is wiser than the wisest man ever lived. It is naturally foolish to commit to tithing every week. But the Bible says the foolishness of God is wiser than men. If you want to open heavens in your life, you cannot but tithe faithfully. And this is what I tell people everywhere. Even if you miss church because you travel, send your tithe here that week. Because it's a system. It's a comprehensive system. We're talking about change of levels. Why is this important? It's only God that can change our levels. And God needs my faith and your faith before he's committed to changing our levels. Praise the Lord. So it is the foolishness of God that is wiser. The foolishness of God is wiser than the wisest judgment of man. Jesus says, doing what the Bible says is wisdom. Church, I want to tell you this morning, don't be hearers of the word only. Be committed to doing. Faith is accepting scriptural responsibilities for our lives. Faith is accepting scriptural. Now, if anybody tells you, do this and you become a millionaire, that's not true. This nation is blessed. Is that right? Maybe you don't appreciate America. We do. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This nation is blessed. This nation is rich. We thank God for the blessing of God over America till today. And the covenant of God over this nation. Now, there are two most important documents in America. And I believe you know. The Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. I found out because I have the Founders Bible. Somebody gave it to me. Pastor Makawa gave it to me. The Constitution and the Declaration of Independence were written from the Founders' Bible. So because of the foundation of America in the Bible is the covenant that breaks God's blessing over this nation. Is somebody hearing me? There is no nation, 
I, I'm trying to establish something because we might appreciate it more because we don't have it in our native country. Now, there is no nation that has planted its root or her roots on the Bible more than America. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States were drawn from the Founders' Bible. I have a couple of, of, of it. So those things were written from it. Now, the Bible says, Jesus says, wherever your heart is, wherever your treasure is, there your heart is. It's only in American dollar that you see in God we trust. So before all of us were born, the foundation of this nation were built on God. And let me also tell you why, what, something that's very, very important. That's why in America, when you give money to churches, the government allows you for deductions. Those are covenant steps, covenant foundations of America with God. As a matter of fact, I read in some of the history that taxes were never supposed to be up to 10% anywhere in America because they don't want it to be higher than tight. Yes. Foundationally. Foundationally. Nobody's supposed to pay up to 10% of tithe because they don't want us to compete with God because they know God only requires our... That's a little bit of history there. Is somebody hearing me? So if America is built on the Bible and this nation begins to move from prosperity to prosperity, from influence to influence. This is what I found out. Whether it's Democrat or Republican, this nation is blessed. So one thing first, the covenant. But we pray that the righteous will be in leadership. We pray. And sometimes when things are not going the way we want, it's because we don't pray. That's the truth. We can pray unrighteous people out of government. If the church can begin to pray and don't just wait till the election is over. I'm not being political. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But what I'm trying to say is this. This country has a foundation in God. And you can see the evidence in this nation. This country is the most blessed country in the world in all ramifications of life, rooted in the Lord. How much more when you build your foundation of your life and family in God? Praise the Lord. So wisdom is doing what the Bible says. Faith is doing what the Bible says. Hallelujah. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 17, the Bible says, by faith... Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac, your seed shall be blessed, shall be called. Now, the, the fulfillment of the prophecy over Abraham is in Isaac. Are you hearing me? The Bible says, in Isaac, your seed shall be blessed. So Isaac was the seed. So bring all the blessing. Then the Lord said to him, the same Isaac, go kill him. Are you hearing me? Now, the question is this. If you kill Isaac, so what happened to the promise? If you kill Isaac, so where is the seed? But the Bible says, the Bible says, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead for which he also received him in a figurative sense. So Abraham was going to kill Isaac. He believed because God said, in Isaac your seed will be blessed. That's what God said. So if I kill him, he will raise him from the dead. So he believed he was going back home with Isaac. He trusted God that much. I thank God for Abraham. I'm not sure I wouldn't ask God some questions if you ask me to kill my only son that I finally had at 100 years. I will ask some questions. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
That's why I thank God for Abraham. God bless him. I will ask some questions. I said, sir, what about the promise? <laughs> Not that I care too much about the promise, but I care about Isaac. I don't care if I become a father of nations. I only want one. <laughs> you promise me nation. It's your business. I only want one. Don't take this one. Bring the nations or hold the nations. But this one, no way. But the Bible says, Abraham believed. How many of us know if you were not a Christian, even as a Christian, you still believe it was foolish for what Abraham did? The Lord bless you. So faith is foolishness to the natural mind. If you want to be, if you don't want to be a fool, you can live the lifestyle of faith. If you don't want to be a fool, every act of faith is foolishness to the natural. It is foolishness to, we say God has everything. Then why does he need the small one that I have to bless me? Why can't he bless me first? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. So wisdom is doing what the word of God says. Wisdom is doing what God says to you. Now, faith is not a theory. Faith is a work. It's the work that we do. It will only work when we work it. Hebrews 10 and verse 23. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Now, hope there means faith. The King James, O King James says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Profession. Let us hold fast the work of our faith for he who promise is faithful. You know what that tells me? God is faithful, but let us hold on to our faith to see his faithfulness. For he who promise is faithful, but let us hold fast the confession of our hope or the profession of our faith. For he that promise is faithful. In other words, he is faithful to do what he says he will do, but make sure you do what you ought to do, which is faith. So you will not see his faithfulness without the application of your faith. So it takes faith to see God's faithfulness. This morning, we're going to pray. But before we pray, if you are here, you have any situation in your life that needs divine intervention. Maybe a court case. Maybe a marital problem. Maybe sickness. I want you to believe God. That the power of God is here this morning to heal, to deliver, and to set you free. In Jesus' precious name. Let's rise to our feet. Hallelujah. Lastly, talking about faith, I thank God for the ministration of the song. In Ezekiel chapter 37, we know this story very well. The Bible says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. The Bible says, then it caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed, they were very dry. Dry bones. They are not bones attached to themselves. Not skeletons anymore. Bones, pieces of bones. I would say very dry. It means situations that, have looked, that are looking very hopeless. Now it says, and he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, 
O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. That represents situations in your life that, that is looking hopeless. They said it cannot change. It cannot be done again. That's what dry bones represent this morning in the scriptures. God is having me tell you that the dry bones in your life shall live again. In Jesus' precious name. Somebody say amen. Your dry bones shall live again. Your dry bones shall live again. Now he says, Thus says the Lord to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinus, muscles on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, and there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone indeed, as I looked, the sinus and flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them. So all of a sudden, from bones all over the places, it becomes a body. It becomes fresh, dead body. From dry bones. Is somebody hearing me? Now he says, also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on this slain, that they may live. So I prophesy, as he commanded me. And breath came to them, and they lived. And stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. So the dry bones in, in Ezekiel 37 represent hopeless situations in your life. If you are here this morning, you have any of such situations. The first thing is said, prophesy. You dry bones, you shall live again. Wherever you are, I prophesy over your life this morning that the dry bones in your life shall live again. 